You may ask, how did this tradition get started? I'll tell you. I don't know. But it's a tradition. And because of our traditions, every one of us knows who he is and what God expects him to do. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Let's Talk Torah. I am Rabbi T. Jacobson with NRM Streamcast, and we'll spend our time talking Torah, learning stuff, and having fun while we learn. You can always send your questions and comments to our mailbag at letstalktorah at gmail.com, and some of them may even make the show. And we'll talk about some of that later. Um, as you'll notice, today we're working on a new format. We're going to be cutting the show into two pieces. So instead of one long hour, you'll get two pieces. And I think as, uh, as we roll along with it, um, you'll appreciate it. We'll, we'll get to spend our first uh, segment, if we want to call it our first show, really focused on, on, on a lesson. And the next show, we'll broaden it out, bring in more topics, talk about more stuff, have our interviews, and you'll catch on as we move along, and I think it'll be really great. Well, you know, next week is Martin Luther King Day. So um, I figure this is really a great week to get into leadership. And if you listen to the song behind me, enjoy that song. I love this song. And it gives you a good feeling for, for people working together and, and doing stuff together. And it really gets us right into what we want to talk about. And that's leadership. And I'm going to open the question, uh, if you were God, which is a kind of silly question, but if you were God, would you have chosen Moses to be a leader? Obviously now we're, we're getting ready. There's still, you have all these uh, your democratic, uh, um, uh, when they get all those people up there on stage and whatever they do and they talk and who knows what and getting ready for elections and politicians. And, and one thing is pretty clear with politicians, let's assume you would call a politician a leader, um, they're going to all be great speakers. They're going to all look good on camera. They're going to all have some type of presence. They're going to... That's what we, unfortunately, have to look at for leadership, not discussing who is which politician, where, that's irrelevant. But it is interesting, right? Like uh, FDR never would have made it because he was in a wheelchair, right? And you would never have allowed such a person to get to a high office. But that's what happens with modern day, uh, with uh, cameras and Internet and television and who knows what. But let's, let's take our, our focus. I want to really focus, as some people like to say, like a laser beam. Let's really focus on, on Moses as a leader and uh, why you may have or may not have chosen him as a leader. So we are now beginning the book of Exodus. Beginning the book of Exodus, we're going to take it really quick just to get us what we need to know. Book of Exodus, we've been in the land of Egypt already for a number of years. The 12 tribes have died the Jewish people started out in a ghetto, which we'll spend more time in the next show, in a ghetto called Goshen. And they ran out of room, and they wanted to get out there, and they wanted to do the Egyptians. And, uh, and we start spreading out and acting like the Egyptians. A few things we don't do, by the way. We don't dress like them. We don't speak their language. We don't give our children their names. So we have Jewish names and Jewish language and and a Jewish mode of dress, but otherwise, 
as far as religious, we were not. That's, that's really, really clear. The Jewish people is having tremendous increase of, of children. The Egyptians get nervous, and they want to put an end to uh, all these Jews. So the Pharaoh has three plans. He uh, First, he wants to uh, make us slaves, so we shouldn't be able to have children. We'll be too busy. Then he has the midwives. He tells them to kill the boys. Then they just start throwing all the boys in the river. And in the meanwhile, Moses is born. He's put into the river. And Pharaoh's daughter comes and rescues him from the river. And Moses grows up in the palace. So Moses is really in a really comfy, cozy place to be. He has, he has nothing to worry about. No one's making him work. Uh, no one's threatening to kill him. He, he really has it. You could say he has it pretty good. Again, debatable on the age, whatever age, 12 or 18. Um, this is the first piece of where we see Moses' leadership. He wants to know what's going on with the Jewish people. He does not ask for reports. He doesn't check his iPhone. He goes out to, to see. And he doesn't have to go out. And he doesn't have to care because no one's bothering him. But he cares. And that is going to, I think, is going to be one of the pieces we're going to see as we talk leadership is Moses really cares. He, again, he can't do anything. He would never be allowed to work. But he wants, he has to feel something. It's not good enough to talk about it. He's got to see what is going on. That's part one. You want, you want to help people. You want to lead people. You got to know where they're coming from. To just sit in a ivory tower and tell people what's good for them without actually experiencing it is, uh, is more than just unfair. So um, that's number one. He goes out. Then he goes out the next day. And here again, he is showing his level of concern. He sees an Egyptian man beating a Jewish man. All the reasons why, we're not going to be able to cover it uh, in today's show. You can go just look it up. There's lots of uh, books to look it up in. But, but Moses is, uh, is watching this Egyptian beat this Jew, and he is incensed. And again, because he cares, he does not want his brothers to be beaten up, and he kills him. Now we got to fast forward one more day. So he's gone out. He's seen the Egyptian beating up, trying to kill another Jew. He kills that Egyptian, buries him in the sand, figures, don't got to worry about it. The next day he goes out, and he sees two brothers, two Jews, fighting. And one of those brothers was the one he saved his life yesterday. And these two are troublemakers for Moses throughout um, now in Egypt and then in the desert. These will be his nemesis. Anytime there's, a, there's anything happening, these two guys in the forefront protesting. Their names are Dasan and Aviram, or Dathan and Aviram. They're brothers. Moses sees them fighting, and he's thinking to himself, how could, could one Jew hit another Jew? You're brothers. You're, 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 you're slaves. You're suffering. How could one person even raise his hand to hit another person? That is a wicked thing. So again, Moses cares. He, he, he's not political. He just wants to do what's right. He sees right. He sees wrong. One person hitting another person is wrong. What are you, what are you hitting somebody for? So he, um, he immediately goes over and... He's not getting, he's not standing between the fight. He rebukes them. 
He says, what are you guys doing? Why are you fighting? What is wrong with you people? You should be taking care of each other. You should not be getting into any type of physical altercation, that's for sure. Why are you fighting? What is wrong with you people? Well, he wasn't ready for the response. Um, the response was, uh, again, because he doesn't know that Dustin and Aviram have it in for him. You want to say they're jealous that he's in the palace, that he doesn't work. You could come up with anything you want. But they don't like Moses. They don't like where he's coming from. And they, they lay into him and they say, who do you think you are? Um, you're going to kill us too. And Moses makes a fascinating statement. He says, it is true. The thing is known. What thing is Moses talking about? So either he realizes they've tattletailed on him, that these two Jews have gone to the palace to tattletale on him, um, or uh, the commentaries explain Moses understands why the Jewish people are suffering. He, he was, again, as a leader, as somebody who's caring and concerned, he's trying to figure out, he's trying to wrap his head around the problem, why are we having such a ridiculously crazy, hard slavery? They're killing us, and they're giving us labor that's ridiculous, and, and they're beating us, and for what? Like, why is God doing this? So Moses says to himself, if one Jew could tattletale on another Jew, we get everything we deserve. Everything we, des- everything we get, we deserve. Because we are slandering. If we can slander, if there's no peace, we talked a lot about peace last week. If there's no peace amongst ourselves, we're going we're gonna to eat ourselves up. We're going to get destroyed from the inside. If we can have peace, things will be fantastic. And again, that's something that has shown itself through Jewish history, which again, we're not going to get into right now. It's taking us off the tangent. So Moses is, uh, is arrested. He has to run for his life. There's miracles along the way. And then we don't really hear about Moses, by the way, whether, again, whether he's 12 or 18, we don't really hear about him till he's close to 70 or perhaps 80 years old. And continuing in the, in the, in the rules of leadership of Moses. So Moses finds himself in a country called Midian. And he goes to the well. Perhaps he's looking to get married. He's not young anymore. And uh, again, we find that many Jewish people went to the well to get married. We find um, Abraham's servant, Eliezer, goes to the well to look for a wife for Isaac. We find Jacob going to the well to find himself a wife. And now we have Moses going to the well, also looking for a wife. And he sees Jethro's daughters show up with the sheep to... Again, to give the sheep to drink, he's by the well. They're going to have to take buckets and, and pour them into the trough and feed the sheep or, or at least water the sheep. And his daughters are chased away. Jethro's daughters are chased away by the other shepherds. Again, different reasons why. Some say Jethro, who was the high priest, he would probably would be considered like the pope, was looking to retire and the populace did not like the idea of their pope, of their head priest, high priest retiring. So they, they gave his daughters a hard time to basically force him to take his job back. So it says Moses saves these girls. And as Moses looks to save the downtrodden, which, by the way, is an interesting concept that, uh, that God does all the time. In other words, if God sees two sides, he's always looking for the underdog. Um, interesting enough, even the kosher animals are animals that are, that are hunted 
that people want to want to eat. Good, they're kosher. But uh, God is not saying you can eat the lion. The lion is not downtrodden. You're not eating the tiger. You're not eating the rhinoceros. You're, you can eat the goat and the sheep, farm animals, the, the ones that are chaste. God always helps the one chaste, not the chaser. So Moses sees these girls being uh, attacked, being abused, being taken advantage of. So he goes ahead and he gets in there. He gets rid of the shepherds and he himself goes ahead and waters all of Jethro's sheep. And again, he's, he's like an amazing situation. He, um, the girls go home, right? This guy just came from nowhere. You don't know who he is, which is fine. Um, he saves you. He waters your sheep. He sends you on your way, and you don't invite the guy home. Like, and he does not complain. More leadership qualities. He's going to do what's right. He's going to do what has to be done. But he's not complaining. He's not even following. He doesn't even ask, by the way, you know, uh, I'm hungry. Could you bring me home for lunch? Not a word. They get home, and Jethro figures that they, these girls are home way too fast, way too early. And he says to them, what gives? If you don't uh, water my sheep properly, they'll all die. So they tell the story, and Jethro says, come on. How could you not invite the guy home? Besides, I have seven daughters here. i got to get you guys married. Maybe he'll marry one of you. So they go back. They bring Moses uh, back to Jethro's home, and uh, Moses agrees to marry one of Jethro's daughters. Her name was Zipporah. And now Moses will get more leadership training. What's the leadership training? It is fascinating that many great Jewish leaders were shepherds. For example, Abraham is a shepherd, Isaac is a shepherd, Jacob is a shepherd, the 12 tribes, uh, each of those sons are shepherds, King David was a shepherd. What, what part of being a shepherd helps me um, with leadership? So what's interesting is that unlike cows, that they graze, they eat, they, you, you just put the hay out there, they eat, you don't have to take care of them so much. Again, I'm not a farmer, but not as much. Sheep are more like individuals. And every sheep you have to take care of. You have to make sure each sheep got to drink because the other sheep are going to push it out of the way if it's weak. Um, you have to make sure each sheep is eating because, again, they're going to push it out of the way. You have to make sure that the sheep that need the softer grass are up in front. The sheep that can eat the lower grass or the tougher grass are in the back. So you learn the concept of taking care of individuals. And a leader, again, we talk about care and concern, but caring and concern on its own is not enough. You want to be a leader. If God's going to choose you as a leader, you got to show that not only can you take care of the, 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 the group in general, the nation in general, you have to be able to deal with individuals. If you can deal with individual sheep, at least there's a chance that you can deal with individual people. No guarantee, of course, but at least the possibility exists. Okay, so let's continue in Moses' training and his life towards becoming that, that the leader. He is not the perfect person. He is not one of the four people mentioned in history that never sinned. He does things wrong. And we have uh, instances in this Torah portion and next and a few others where Moses is not perfect. He does things wrong. The leader does not have to be perfect. He could do things wrong. But he's got to be a leader. He's got to care. And, and our, our next case of caring is uh, 
while Moses is out there taking care of the sheep. So he ends up deep into the Sinai Desert, which is, again, a story for another day. And uh, he's, it seems one of the sheep ran away, and he goes after it, and he carries it. He sees it's tired, and needs water. Anyways, God appears to Moses in the burning bush. We're all familiar a little bit. There's that burning bush. He sees this bush. It doesn't make sense. How come it's not being consumed? And that's yet Moses' eyesight used to spirituality, first a fire, then an angel, then God. In any case, God tells Moses that uh, you are going to be the leader of the Jewish people. You're going to go down. You're going to speak to Pharaoh and take out the Jewish people. Now, let's be real. Most of us are desperate we want to be the person in charge. We want to be the man, the woman. We want to be in charge, whether we deserve it or not. Moses does not say, pick me. That's not the leader you want. You don't want the leader who says, please pick me. I would be the best guy. No, no. We pick you, not we. God chooses you to be the leader. And what happens? It's unbelievable. Moses argues with God for a full week, saying, I am the wrong guy. I can't speak well, which is one of the reasons why you would never would have chosen Moses to be a leader, because he has a problem with his speech. He does not speak well. He can't pronounce half the alphabet. People will make fun of him if he tries to start talking. He is not a person nowadays you would ever pick for a leader. But God says, I don't care. I'm not picking you for a leader because you're a great spokesman. You can convince people you can do what needs to be done. You're a leader because you care. Moses cares so much. He argues so much with God. God God gets angry at him. He could get killed. Who knows what could happen to Moses? That's the kind of leadership. When we say leadership, that's what we mean. Somebody who cares and will stick out his neck for the Jewish people. And our first show is already over. So, as always, important to thank everybody. I hope you liked it. Short and sweet. Thank you to our wonderful sponsors and listeners. You know, I couldn't do without you. Thank you to my wonderful production team today. We have Kelsey, Angel, Stephen behind the glass. I hope I've left you with some food for thought. Until next time, I am Rabbi Tzvi Jacobson. You've been listening to Let's Talk Torah on NRM Streamcast. And until next week, don't forget to think about it.